back, everybody, to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. And we had lots of drama, chef drama going on this week. You know, anytime you have chefs, you have chef drama. Well, you know that more than I do. Probably Steve does, too. He, <laughs> he, he knows a lot of chefs. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of drama. Okay, it's we getting had, hot we, in the kitchen. We had sushi drama and burger drama. Right, more drama in the, at the sushi restaurant where uh, at Little Lily Sushi, uh, Chef Jesus Garcia is uh, no longer there. Well, you know, Jesus had, had made Little Lily famous, but it was not the owner. Danny, the owner, had come over from Sushi Yoko mm-hmm. and had put a good uh, restaurant in place. And he uh, has promoted uh, Chef Fang, who, was the, uh, who, who, who worked with Jesus and who had worked at Steel in Dallas, a very sushi restaurant. He promoted Chef Fang to, to take over Little Lily. But uh, the circumstances with uh, under which Jesus, uh, whether he quit or was fired, is, is hard to really know. But, Steve, you know a little bit more about it because you you're, you keep uh, abreast of these pop-up dinners. Could we perform a reenactment here? Should I just turn this out? Steve, <laughs> no, you dishwasher, you ugly pig, or whatever he is. There's two sides to everything, and uh, it, it all blew up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing is that whenever there's a, a sort of a disagreement, it, it plays itself out on Twitter. There was some uh, argument involving a dishwasher. Everybody seems to agree. Well, that, that, that. And, that's what the owner said. The question said. is whether that had anything to do with it. Well, and, and of course, from Jesus's standpoint, he said that uh, that the owner was upset about uh, either the owner or the owner's wife was upset about the pop up uh, lunch that he was conducting at Little Lily with mm-hmm. Far Out Burger. Is that, is that what yes, it's Far called? Out Burger. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I still don't understand how that would cause it. It's really a shame because this place has really gotten a lot of attention over the last year or so. And together they've probably, you know, have all really sort of seen their profile raised and the restaurant doing well. And it sounds like it all maybe came down. In it's kind of like the, you know, the Beatles breaking up, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's quite like that. <laughs> well, if you're in the ramen and sushi, maybe. <laughs> Jesus brought a lot of passion to Little Lily. Yeah, and, well, people would go there to see him and to, to have him prepare sushi for and them. And he went out with a lot of passion, but, you know, Little Lily. And, uh, you know, we still have good sushi restaurants here. Little Lily will still be uh, good alongside uh, what Kevin does at Tokyo Cafe and, and uh, Shinjuku. And you know we'll we'll still have good sushi. Well, Steve, you have a little more insight into like uh, Little Lily. Uh, you, you're a big fan of that place. Are people going to still keep going there without Jesus there? I think so. The Jesus, though, he was uh, very vocal with the customers when you uh, when you ordered a piece of sushi. He would tell you what rib it came from and, and, and give you really good detailed information about it. I don't know if we're going to actually see that anymore. So that's part of why people sort of really took to this restaurant was mm-hmm. his expertise and his care. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he seemed like a, a really interesting guy. He was a, a guest on our podcast not too long ago mm-hmm. and uh, sort of sad to, to know that he may actually be leaving Fort Worth possibly. Yeah, he uh, basically uh, on Facebook, uh, and I've actually texted with him a little bit and uh, he said he was heading out to San Diego uh, uh, Thursday, which is today, and uh, do some uh, tryouts there and maybe even come back and work in Dallas if that doesn't work out. So that's that's one chef who's going to be p- potentially leaving Fort Worth. Now, Rick, I mean, what about Burger Guy? He's staying in Fort Worth. Yeah, well, Keith Grover's situation is very different from uh, the what happened. At, um, Keith is uh, decided to 
move on from Rodeo Goat. He's he's kind of one of the people who helped put the Rodeo Goat on the burger map with some of the creations that he's he's made there. And uh, you know Keith is ready to try to open his own place. He's got some investors. Uh, doesn't have any uh, specifics that he wants to reveal just yet, but he is going to stay in Fort Worth. That's good news for for us that he he wants to open a restaurant in Fort Worth. Um, and we'll, we'll certainly tell you where that is going to be when he he tells us. But. And he came up with the burger combinations, but you know, really, you know, Keith Schlabs had a lot of the the uh, the burgers lined up and the rodeo goat lined up, and they'll still keep bringing the burgers there. Yeah, I talked to Keith Schlabs, who's one of the owners with Shannon Wynn, and uh, you know, they they don't expect anything to really change. Other they they definitely will miss Keith, who's been part of the the Ado management uh, team for. 14 years he worked at Flying Saucer as a dishwasher and a cook and and then also went over to Meddlesome Moth when when they opened the in Dallas and and was a big part in getting Rodeo Goat going but even Keith Grober said it wasn't just him there's you know all everybody was part of sort of developing the flavors and the in the menu there and part of the success of Rodeo Goat and so I but I do think because of the success uh at Rodeo Goat, Keith Grober feels like he'd like to take a chance and go out and see what what's out there if he goes out on his own. And uh, when you talk to him, did he have any clue on like what type of food he wants to prepare? Because I know he does a lot of seafood, you know, when he's not right. doing burgers. And I'm curious if it's something like that. Um, you know, he wasn't specific. Uh, you know, I did ask him if burgers would be part of it, and he he said yes, it would be. But I don't think it would is just going to be a burger joint Mm -hmm. he has really sort of uh grand ambitions about trying to bring together sort of local farmers and and sort of that whole farm to table experience Mm -hmm. in fort worth and and also maybe including some music because he's got his rock and roll background um so but all of that doesn't come together yet into a specific concept so this is not the demise of the great burger culture no, no, far, far from it. I, I think you know, rodeo goat will continue. I mean, the one thing that Keith brought. I mean, very preci- you, you've met him. He's very precise. I mean, he he sort of watched over each burger when he was there that went out, and so you know that that'll be something to watch. You know, just over time as you go back to rodeo goat and try it, as if you if you see any differences. You know, and I I don't think you will, but uh, I guess there's that potential that maybe they won't. there won't be as much of an eye towards detail that he has. Well, he had set up a very detailed and complex uh, assembly line for, yeah. for getting those burgers out so fast and efficient. And I was there shooting some videos of him and uh, for some of the things he's been doing, and uh, he was kind of like, don't shoot the line, don't shoot the line. <laughs> it's like a trade secret. So so he seemed to really be proud of that line, you know, so right. hopefully that keeps on going efficiently. Well, Keith Schlabs, who, who's the one of the owners of Flying Saucer and Rodeo Goat, said that, you know, they're, they've definitely worked hard on their their sort of systems and that they're planning on bringing those to the Rodeo Goat in Dallas, which he said is going to open – Maybe late August, probably more likely early fall because they're building from the ground up over there. And, uh, you know, he's really excited about it. It's right next to Meddlesome Moth in Dallas. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the the Dallas burger crowd uh, welcomes Rodeo Goat. Of course, they've got their favorites and uh, Maple and Motor and Hop Dottie and... uh, Offsite kitchen, and, you know, all sorts of uh, burger places over there. So, 
They know, call them artisan burgers. Okay. Artisan burgers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. We call them gussied up burgers. <laughs> yeah, you call them gussied up. We gourmet. They're gourmet burgers. That's right. Uh, you know, that, that, speaking of burgers, there's a new burger joint uh, that opened just uh, just down the road from Rodeo Go called Brewster's. Haven't tried it yet. I haven't either. Is that Burger Alley now? I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, Keith, Keith Grober did say that he tried it, and uh, I don't think I don't think he was that impressed. They have a peanut butter, butter burger. You know, the burger over there that I was really impressed by lately was at Vickery Boulevard Cafe. Really? They have a great loose packed burger. I mean, just for a diner burger, it's fantastic. Huh. Well, in in DFW dot com this week. Uh, Robert Philpot reviews Chop House Burger, which is to not be confused with Chop House Burgers, which is in Arlington, if we've written and, and talked much about. I'm, I'm confused. You, Ch- it, yeah. it is very confusing. Chop House <laughs> Burger of Euless is Dallas Chop House Burger of Euless. Right. On 121. So it, it'll be very Still confused. Yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, so we have Chop House Burgers of Pantigo and Chop House Burgers of it's the Well, the d- big difference is an S. Yes, that's the right. The Chop House Burgers is the one that we have come to know and love in Arlington. Chef Kenny Mills and also is now has a, a location in Mansfield. Chop House Burger is the one that we are just coming to know of that had an original location in Dallas. And is now opening one in Euless, but has plans to open them in Fort Worth. And, I mean, they, they have grand plans. You know, we're taking volunteers to go out and be the burger police, to go out and regulate and say, okay, you, you, come on, you, no, stop, you, you, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, whistle, whistle stop who can, uh, who can well, uh, use what name. Speaking of which, I actually ran into our uh, guest burger judge, uh, Denise Harris, <laughs> over yeah. the weekend at the Mad Scientist Ball, and I told her she's got to get back out there and try some of these I thought places. you were going to say she was at Mercury Chop House. No. <laughs> well, and that's even more confusing because Kenny Mills used to work at, at a chop house. She must Dallas. be all over the place. I ran into her a couple of weeks ago myself. Denise gets gets around, especially when it comes to her burgers. Mm-hmm. She she will, I'm sure, will try these new burgers places and let us know what she thinks. Well, now at Chop House Euless is pretty good. It's very different from Pantigo. It's a it's more of a of a small bun. It's a very uh, you know tucked in you know classically assembled burger, uh, very much like a hop dotty burger, although. Not quite to that level of euphoria. Right. It, it looks like they have the same style buns, right. um, the brioche style they have buns. Great the, French fries. Yeah. I took one bite of fries and did not stop until they were all gone. The fr- right. French fries are really good. Now, Robert Philpot was impressed by the the uh, the quality of the meat at Chop House Burger in Euless. Didn't, I'm still didn't, confused. Didn't love it. <laughs> in Euless. Let's Euless. just say in Euless. Euless, okay. Euless Chop House, but it's just Euless small. It's like the burger is yeah, almost. Yeah, it's not a giant burger. Right. It's, it, he said also that he wasn't wowed by the toppings and the you know the, the combinations as much as he has at a place like Hop Dottie. But it's another you know fancy burger that, that is worth a try if you've been to. Prices twi- didn't seem too high if there. If you've been to Twisted Root and the other places over there, and then Euless Chop House is worth a try. We always seem to have room for one more burger. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and we have a, uh, I'm going to have to look up the name, the the most famous burger in Hawaii announced that they're coming to DFW. Oh, wait a minute. This and is just breaking news. I didn't know is, this. This is just breaking news. And uh, let, let me look up that name. It's uh, it's uh, the, the, the number one burger in Hawaii that's known for a big, drippy burger called uh teddy's burgers teddy's bigger burgers Ooh. from honolulu and they have opened a couple of west coast stores 
but their first Texas store will be in Colleyville. So very nice. Wow. If you think they need some good burgers out if there, if you've in been to Hawaii, and of course they have all sorts of Hawaiian burgers with a lot of, you know, pineapple and pork and things like that, and then they have just regular big drippy burgers too. Well, I was at uh, Riata this last week, and you know they have their buffalo burger, right? And uh, we ordered some burgers, and they made them. Hawaiian style. I wonder if this is anything. They had pineapple. And are you sensing a trend? I'm tr- yeah, I, I think so. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Rodeo Goat also has a Hawaiian burger they put out just recently too. Right, I saw that. I I, I saw they had a what they were calling a, a sexy Mexi, which was mm-hmm. a fajita style burger, which finally knocked off the Sweet Carolina, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, now it's up against a Hawaiian-style burger. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they're just kind of like preempting for this uh, new burger coming in. Do we have any block in the Metroplex that does not have a burger place yet? <laughs> if, if we do, let's find, figure out which one it is and make sure we're, we're we, have to bring in a few more burgers. We open our own burger joint. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> well, uh, that, we've o- overloaded we you on burgers. nothing about mother. Um, we were going to talk about mom's. Because Mother Day, Mother's Day is coming up. It's not this weekend, but if you don't make your plans early, you may find yourself you at the uh, at the Denny's. You can't have a Mother's country Day. song if you don't say anything about mom. <laughs> You've got to talk about mother. The, uh, well, Mother's Day, the, the buffet is back at the Worthington in the ballroom. So if you're already booked out of the Omni, you can go to the Worthington. If you're in the mid-cities, go to either the Gaylord for the $70-some-dollar brunch or go to the Cafe on the Green at the Four Seasons in Irving. But the, it's, it's interesting that the Worthington has brought back their buffet finally. Do people really want to go to the hotels for, for Mother's Day and, and Easter and those kinds of, kind of brunches? I mean, Well, if you can talk mom into going a little less expensive, uh-huh. you know, Riata has a great menu for $11, $12, $13. I mean, a lot of the restaurants don't mark up their meals on – they don't charge mother extra just because it's Mother's Day. Yeah, I, I was just trying to think, like, where, where would my mom want to go? And I don't think she would want to – She's not a big eater, so I don't know that she'd want to go chow down at some big brunch. Plenty of good seats at the middle of the road brunches, the Lucille's, H3 Ranch, Max Bar and Grill in Arlington. Uh, I like ABC Seafood. Yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. Arlington. My mom does like, love Chinese food. Yeah, you get yeah. some dim sum, and you get that big table with the little Lazy Susan you spin around. and Right, and you don't have to get reservations two, two weeks in advance, right? No, but it gets pretty packed on Mother's Day. Does it? <laughs> okay. Mother's Day is the biggest brunch of the year. It's the biggest volume day of the year for most restaurants. Well, I saw um, – what about Bite City? Will they have a brunch? And have they yeah, started Bite brunch? Bite City doesn't have a special menu yet. They have a regular lunch menu with their – you know their flatbreads and and uh, and salads are nice. So, you know th- I don't think they're doing a special. That's that's the new place over in uh, Montgomery Plaza. Montgomery that Plaza. hearing good things about the food and, and maybe be able to break the curse of that location. We had there. America's hundred best brunches came out this week from yeah. Open Table. <laughs> I saw were, that they were uh, the modern was the, on the there. Modern, right? The modern, the modern, which mm-hmm. uh, which uh, you know the modern on Easter had like a forty dollar brunch and they've gone back to the regular menu price for Mother's Day. So. You can get in the modern and you have the regular offerings. There'll be a couple of specials. And then uh, the other two were Max's Wine Dive, which right. has come in and done really well with a lot of inventive food, mm-hmm. and the Sanford House in Arlington, where I've actually never been for brunch. Well, and I, I have to say, when I saw that list, I, I just like, you know, how in the world do they know what the 100 best brunches are? Well, I mean, they're, they're I'm they're sure it's flattering to be on the list, and I don't question that the modern is one of the best brunches. Uh, I don't, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, sometimes I think 
I'm just I'm, they, I don't know if people feel this, but I feel this. I'm overloaded by lists. So. Maybe they look at Yelp or something. And it, well, it says Open uh, Table. This is right. from Open Table. So. <laughs> so this is people making yeah. reservations on Open, open Table. table. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but they look at the res- reservations and how mm-hmm. frequently people check that site and try for reservations and things like that. It's, it's uh, you know Cafe Modern does real, really well with online reservations. Well, I did uh, Max's Wine Dive uh, brunch, I guess, uh, two weekends ago. What did you think? That was very, very good. What did you have? Uh, I had mimosas. <laughs> That's it? You can't remember? <laughs> well, they were like three ninety nine or something. <laughs> well, I, I I mean, I had brunch at Grace on, mm-hmm. on Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to say it was a little pricey. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was just glad I wasn't paying. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Grace is back with uh, – you know, they're, they're $30 fried chicken, and, and the, but it's really good fried chicken. Well, it's the only place, I think, not too many places you can get Eggs Benedict for f- over $40. Let's see. Uh, let, let's just take a quick look and see if there's any place that is really, um, that, that looks available. Well, things are pretty well booked at most of the restaurants. Capital Grill for their menu brunch, they, they got a lot of, of compliments last year, and they have full seating available. Del Frisco's really have, has plenty of times available. Eddie V's is open, and it has plenty of times. Any of the restaurants that isn't usually open on Sunday lunch, you can probably get a table and get in. And H3, which people like, has steak and eggs and and, uh, and the cattle drive and all that. It might not be perfect for mom, but if you've got <laughs> kids, the kids will like it. Uh, it looks like there's still good availability as we as we record this for uh, for Mother's Day lunch. And a Frito pie omelet. That's what I had for brunch. <laughs> Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that was at Max's. At Max's, uh-huh. Frito Pie. We omelet. were at Bird Cafe. At Bird Cafe was first rate, and they had this biscuit with gravy that, that it was like bigger than your fist. It was this huge, <laughs> wonderful, flowery, billowy biscuit that like needed its own zip code. It was really good, the size of a plate. All right, Mom, we expect <laughs> you to eat that giant biscuit <laughs> on Mother's Day. All right, until then, though, I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. See you next week. Once was a sweet thing here.